Hey, everybody. Cal here from Birdies and Bourbon. Do you enjoy a nice glass of bourbon in the evening? Maybe a glass of whiskey? Uh, go check out our friends at Whiskey University. That's at whiskeyuniv.com, uh, where their sole mission is to educate the public about the history and virtues of bourbon in Tennessee, Kentucky, and other North American whiskeys. Whiskey University, where history and taste combine. Be sure to tell them Cal from Birdies and Bourbon sent you. Are you in the market for a new rangefinder? How about a new speaker for the course? If you're looking for a quality rangefinder at a reasonable price, be sure to go check out our friends over at PrecisionProGolf.com. Uh, loving the NX10, the new release. It's the only customizable rangefinder in golf. Uh, plenty of different skins um, to choose from. And the new Duo speaker, not only is it playing music for you, uh, but it's download the app and you've got yardage on there as well. So go give our friends a look at precisionprogolf.com. Tell them Cal from Birdies and Bourbon sent you. Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription. Trust me. Mm. If you don't, you will fall out of bounds. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back to the Birdies and Bourbon Show. Uh, we're in for a treat today. I am going to be drinking through a couple of samples, and uh, that's going to be our pick for the Ryder Cup. Jim, uh, we'll have one coming your way. Uh, don't, don't you worry. Um, but yeah, so Dan and I are joined today by world-renowned, Scott, Scottish-renowned, uh, Sweden's Cove-renowned, author, club champion, Jim Hartzell. Jim, how you doing, bud? I'm good, Cal. Thank you. And uh, yeah, the the Sweetens member member, that was kind of a bucket list thing. I just we got lucky and for some reason I I played good and um Ryan played good and you know how it works. I mean it just it when you when you're playing alternate shot like that, sometimes it clicks and sometimes it doesn't. And we just we were both kind of he he would hit. He was driving it well, and I was chipping well, and it just kind of worked. And we were both putting, which putting is the key to everything. So, you know, we we both putted well the whole time. So it was fun, and I enjoyed seeing you there. And you know, it's always the tournaments there are so much fun because you can just there's just so much, you know, everybody's together, and it's kind of all. Uh, you know, you see everybody playing, and you kind of know what's going on. It's just, it's just a fun place to, to have a tournament. It, it, it is a super fun place. Uh, probably, it's probably spoiled me for golf. That being Sweetens Cove, and and to go somewhere. I mean, not to say that I don't enjoy golf elsewhere, but it's just a, a whole different level of, of an experience. And and we're gonna get into. Uh, the secret home of golf that you wrote, and and we'll we'll talk about that experience. Not that you haven't talked a lot about it before. I may, maybe I'll ask some new questions. Maybe I'll put a new spin on it. I don't know. Uh, I'll put my spin on it. How about that? And uh, yeah, and then we'll talk a little about uh, your new book that's out when Revelation comes. And I'm I'm hoping that you're going to do at least fifty percent of this chat with a Scottish accent. <laughs> Is there any well, chance at that? <laughs> No, I mean, I, you know, it's funny. I, I tried to, uh, I've, I've been going over there for 30 years and, you know, I've gotten to where I really am really good at understanding 
all the different accents and I can talk to people fine. Um, but I would never attempt. They, there is so many different accents in that country. Like literally, it's not even like Alabama or Georgia or Tennessee or Louisiana. I mean, there's probably 20 different accents in that in that country. Sure. And you just wherever you go, there's just a slight variation to it. And um, but it, you know, I've I've gotten to where I can understand. You know, I'm, I'm good at conversing, and I've tried to learn the the pronunciations of stuff, which I think people appreciate. Um, there's a lot of people go over there and just just butcher the words, the the way stuff's pr- pronounced, and so I've made an effort to try to learn how to talk the right way and as best you can. I mean, it's just you know, they're both English, but uh, the old cliche is it's it's two different languages, which it 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 really is in a way. You got you got Alabamian and then uh, Scotch English, right? So, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, well, before we get into the books and and a lot of fun things to chat about, um, what about Jim Hartzell? So, I mean, I, I read some interesting things that I, I didn't know. Um, we played golf together a few times. One of them, we've been uh, extremely cold and it wasn't very comfortable. Uh, <laughs> the the other was just fantastic. It was a long day, so I, I don't know if I remember everything that occurred, especially as the day got later um but uh you know i I really what i found most interesting about and kind of you know who is jim hartzell is you're an architect by trade yes that's my original main job Uh, i've been an architect for 30 years and um i've done uh, i've been really fortunate I've, i've worked on some great projects i've done i've worked on both three expansions of bryant denny stadium in Tuscaloosa, I've worked on the Auburn Arena. I've worked on, I've worked on projects at University of Georgia, their uh, their Coliseum, and their some of their facilities. I've worked on the University of Florida, their indoor practice facility, and you know, right now I'm doing a. This is really fun. It, I'm doing a the new golf facility at the University of Alabama, which mm-hmm. is a a, a full blown men's and women's practice facility up they're building a nine hole course um, with a full practice short game area range and a clubhouse for for the men's and women's and so that's been fun i mean i've been it's really pure luck that um sports and golf and stuff kind of got intertwined with my main job and then i started riding about 10 years ago and it's just all it's been it's just been lucky that it that I've been able to do that kind of stuff, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah. So, so in, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking, okay. And, and I, I'm, I'm not an architect by trade, not even close. I mean, I, I can build uh what can I build? I, I can build a bad relationship probably. That's probably oh, the best thing I'm, I can build. Uh, but I'm thinking, okay, so we got, you know, we got King Collins, we got Rob and, and which is an architect, right? We've got your set and I, I, you know, there's structural architects. I mean, there, so there's different, uh, specialties, if you will, when it comes to that. <clears throat> so, and I, I'm assuming when you're saying you're working on the the golf uh, uh, the golf area or the 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 uh, the golf complex at Alabama, that's the the structural part of it. Or are you going to well, be involved with course wise, or what's what's that look like? Well, we're in charge of the entire project, and uh, now we have um, we're overseeing the entire project. We've designed all the structures. Uh, you know, it's interesting an architect. One of the things that people don't quite, I don't think, understand is, 
you know, we design the buildings, but we also kind of oversee the entire project in most cases. And so um, the golf course architect in this case is Davis Love the third no and he's and he's on our he's under our contract we we actually have a contract with him his company and so they're designing the golf course under our contract and we're kind of managing everything and then we we've, we've done the clubhouse and the cart barn and the maintenance building and all the stuff that anything like there's a little restroom building out there just and but we've also kind of that's the other thing that, that architect does is kind of keeps a grip on everybody that's working on something like this. Cause this is a, a $40 million project and there's probably, I mean, my gosh, we've probably got eight or 10 consultants working under our contract and we're working with Alabama and we're working with the city of Tuscaloosa. So that, that's the other thing the architect does that people, I don't know that they get that sometimes is, we're, we kind of manage the whole thing too. So it's been yeah. fun. Look, I, I just, uh, I love golf course architecture and design and I've been fascinated with it my whole life and to get to be out there when they are planning this course and routing it and walking around with them, it's just been pure fun to be honest with you. Uh, and it's going to be really cool. And, uh, you know, they're going to have a nine hole course. It's just for the men's and women's golf team to, to really to practice on more or less. Sure. Um, but um, so, yeah, it's uh, we've got all that under our contract and um, I've gotten, I've met, you know, those guys and met Davis a couple of times. He's a nice man. And um, so it's been fun to, for those, for golf and architecture and my writing and everything to kind of, blend together a little bit mm-hmm. yeah is, is this the first time you've done something with as far as i mean go read your books look at what you're writing i mean the golf architecture photography i mean it's it, it's it's uh you, you smother the paper with it right in, in a good way uh but is this the first uh i guess i'll i mean well the other's professional too is this the only the other only architectural uh alignment that you've had from uh for, you know with as far as golf's related um Let's see. This is the first one that's actually getting built. I mean, yeah. I've tried to Rob Collins, who's a friend of both of ours, is Rob has been great to try to get me involved on some of his products when he, you know, cuz most of these products as you know have a clubhouse and have a cart barn and have a maintenance building and he's tried and we've 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 a couple of them we've gotten pretty far but it just hadn't quite worked out, but I'm still hopeful. And there's one that that Rob and I have been talking about we're you know we've done a bunch of preliminary design for a really beautiful uh sort of shinnecock style clubhouse up on the hill and we've kind of worked along with rob so i hope i i'm hoping to develop that uh but i you know this is the first one that's gotten to the point of okay they're actually they're out there building it right now so it's it's actually it's actually happening so yeah yeah, cool. Um, okay, so you want to start with the secret home of golf, or you want to start with uh, when Revelation comes? 
Let's start with yeah. Let's start with the secret home of golf. All right, let's do it. So the authorized history of King Collins golf and the creation of Sweeten's Coke. Um, if you if you haven't read the book, you absolutely should. It's not going to kill you. You can blow through this thing. You, if you get this one, I'd get another book. I'd just go ahead and get when Revelation comes also because you you'll you'll go through it pretty quick. It's it's a really fun read, and especially if you. If you've ever been to, to the Cove and you haven't really had a chance to interact with a lot of people there other than who you came with, well, one, that's your own fault because <laughs> everybody there is is extremely friendly, uh, especially starting about 9, what, 15, 9, 20, the, the, when the bourbon starts flowing and then people just get friendlier as the day goes on. So, uh, you know, I, I would say I understand how it can be a little bit intimidating on a, on a first trip there, especially with just the, uh, not the environment, but just the structure of, of, how things kind of, how the day progresses right i mean it is it is very unique in the experience that you get there but i guess what i want what i what i'd like for you to talk about jim is one um what about that non-traditional setup kind of attracted you and, and brought you in and then when you know, you, you and you talk a lot about it in your book, you know, you and Rob kind of engaging and, hey, are we going to, you know, is this something we think we could kind of get somewhere and we could tell a good story? Uh, what about that was most intimidating? And 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 that this being your first book, as I think it, it's, it is, um, what were the, hey, I don't know if I want to do that or not. Yeah, it was, it is, it was my first book. I'd written a couple of I wrote a bunch of stuff for the No Laying Up website. Uh, I wrote a series about Scotland for them, and I had a couple of journal magazine articles published. And I just, uh, I love writing, and it, it's something I've wanted to do my entire life, honestly. And I've, I've always had it kind of on the back burner. And so that was kind of developing, but I just, uh, you know, Cal, you sort of, when you get to Sweetens the first time, for mo a lot of people, it's just a bit overwhelming, I think, because you, you sort of drive up and you're like, what in the world am I looking at here? I, I've, I've kind of gone down this sort of winding road through this, which is you know kind of a fun <laughs> drive in and you see all this and, you, and all of a sudden you, you drive up to this place. And, you know, back then it was, um, you know, the, it was a lot different. The, the practice green wasn't there and, Yep. The, the the pavilion and it was just it was kind of rough when you drove up but you drove up in this sort of gravel thing and it and you but you just saw this course spread out before you so i I've, I've told this a bunch but you know I, the first time um uh, i'm a golf nut obviously i mean i'm just completely bonkers about it but i just i had never heard of this place and my son had sent me a, a podcast and uh, he said, Dad, you need to look, listen to this podcast about this place in Tennessee. It's about an hour and a half from where we live. And I listened to it. It was Rob. It was one of the first ones he was on. And I'm like, okay, we're going to go up there. And so we went. We we went once, and we got rained out. And Patrick was so nice. He, like, called us on the way up there and said, don't come up here. I'm going to have to shut the course down. And I'm like, and he didn't even know who I was. And that, that was uh, the first key. I've told this a hundred times, but I, I want to tell it again. <laughs> he didn't even know who I was. He had my number on his phone 
and he called me and told me not to drive. He said, I know y'all are driving an hour and a half. I just don't come up here. And I'm like, well, who does that? Nobody, like if you're going to Robert Trent Jones in Birmingham or whatever, is somebody going to call you and tell you not to, to, to waste your time? So, As a matter of fact, if you call them and ask them, they might get pissed off that you're calling and asking. <laughs> they get mad that you've even asked about it. So that, again, you've, you hit the nail on the head. The fact that yeah. I was like, well, this is weird that this guy's being so nice to me. So I was like, okay, we're going back. So the net we went the next weekend we went back and we drove up and back then there was nobody there and Patrick was sitting by himself and he's like, Well you you're you're Jim, aren't I? I said, Yeah. And I don't know how he did all this. I don't even pretend to know, but he would he somehow could judge if people sort of would would love this place. And he wound up, he said, Look, I feel bad that you guys drove started driving up here last weekend. Just play all day. I'm I'm not gonna charge anything. And I, I, we played, and you, I'm not going to go into detail, but when you play this place the first time and you sort of hit all these shots, it's it's overwhelming, um, but it's great. And uh, I just never had seen anything like it. It reminded me of, it, and this is going back, and this will tie the two books together. It reminded me of all the years I've gone to Scotland. I mean, it, it's the only, it's one of the few places I've played in the U.S. that has that feeling of. Okay, this is just golf. We're out here having a good time. And I'm like, this is incredible. And I just couldn't quit thinking about it. And so it was probably, I mean, it must have been a couple of years before. And I got to know Rob, and I won't go into all that, but we got to be friends. And I finally, I called him one day and I said, man, I just, uh, and I'd written some stuff already. I said, I've got a crazy idea. I said, I want to write this book about Sweetens. And he said, look, I love crazy ideas. Let's do it. <laughs> and he was like immediately in on it. And I knew I had to have him. And we've spent like just days together. And I've, I've talked about this, but this book was a lot different than when, when Revelation comes because I had to interview a ton of people. I had to interview Patrick and John Allen and you know, the list goes on and on and on. All the no, no laying up guys and all the Thomas family that was involved in it. And, you know, to get all those people on the phone, I mean, just, you know, this trying to just do a podcast. I mean, it's just, it's just difficult. So it took me, it took me almost two years to write that book. And, um, but I just wanted to talk to everybody that I needed to. And so look, it's, um, I wanted it to kind of a lot of stuff has been written about Sweetens, but I I I kinda of wanted to get to some of the underlying struggles that you know, you know that Rob has yeah. gone through and it just it's really to me, Cal, it's almost like a fairy tale type of story. It's not even realistic in a way because the place just shouldn't have made it and now it's it has and it's a testament to the design and to the the setting and you know again going back to what i said i mean you drive into this valley and you're like what in the world i mean it just you know, it starts you, it starts yeah, well yeah. before the valley jim yeah, yeah it yeah, starts well yeah. before you get into yeah, the valley <laughs> yeah but you've been out there at the end of the day and you've been out there first thing in the morning and you're just like okay there's something not there's something unusual about this that is not like going to a, a regular place and i mean look man i have gone up there over the last six, seven years and just 
I've gone up there and not even played golf. I've gone up there and sat. On the, I, me too. Just I, go I, sit, yeah. sit in the yeah. shed and Seriously. shit shit with those guys. Yeah. And it's I'm. It's, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's 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 definitely a place where if you're looking for more than a round of golf, it is easy to find there. Yeah. And and it it's super easy. Yeah. You, you mentioned a couple things I'll bring up that that are in the book, or well, at least in the foreword uh, that uh, uh, that Rob wrote. And, you know, he's using words like, you know, when he's lo- was sitting looking at this, you know, it, it's not real life. And he's using words like, you know, there had to be some kind of magic to, to actually make this happen. I mean, just with all the 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 challenges that kind of came through this. Right. And, and number two, it's like, who in the hell is going to come to a golf course out in the middle of nowhere? It's like, oh, I'm going to see the Lodge factory and uh, see how cast iron's made. And oh, by the way, we're going to drop in for a round of golf, too. I, to me, the demographics don't really work out that way. It's, but- it's, <laughs> it's funny. I mean, I, I just thought of this, but uh, I, I'm a big I love to cook and I have a large pan of uh cast iron skillet of my grandmother's from the 40s and it's my most prized possession that i have i I literally when she when she passed away that was the one thing i wanted and i have i use that thing two or three times a week so i was a huge like i'm a huge fan of that and i'd already known about the lodge factory i'd been up there one time and but i'd never heard of sweetens cove and so it's kind of funny that uh you know, I still when I go up there, I'll, I'll I'll drive by the lodge store every once in a while and, and walk in. And but it is, um, you know, Rob uh, is is he's humble in some ways, but he's also very confident in himself. And he never could have pulled this off without that inner self confidence. And when I when I was going through this and and talking to some of these people. I look back at some of my notes and I'm like, how did this ever happen? There's no, it should have stopped about 20 times and, sure. you know, it just kept going. And, um, you know, and even for the first, I don't know how long, two or three years, they, they were just begging and bar, borrowing money from whoever, you know, whoever they could get money from to keep the place open. I mean, I talked. I was. I talked to a guy that sold them some of the Toro equipment when they opened. He's like, I knew they didn't have any money, but I. He was like, I wanted to help them out, and it was all. It's funny. It was all kind of a gamble, and but people that went there could see, okay, this is something different, and it, right. I want to try to help. You know, if sure. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Uh, yeah, makes makes total sense to me. Uh, let me touch on something. We'll go. We'll we'll spin back in a minute. I'm going to send us off on a rabbit hole here. Oh so so you, you talked about the you know the the I'll call it the logistics right of kind of putting everything together so that you've got what you need to be able to write the book. Uh, you've got two under your belt now, and uh, I think there's more stuff to come. We can talk about that a little later, and, and, and with whatever you can share, you want to share. Uh, but you know, plenty of articles out there. You know, short essays, short stories what have you. But in something, you know, that's as complex as what you're doing in the book, right? And the detail you need. And do you have a, I mean, you're an architect, obviously you you do, but I guess what's your, um, what's your process or your method for kind of pulling this together and, you know, and, and maybe it's not the medium, right? Or however you want to share it. Well, I knew I had to start with Rob. So I, we spent 
probably three or four whole days at um, the Tremont Tavern, which is Ooh. just walking. You've probably been there. It's a brilliant Lovely spot. Oh, yeah. it's just brilliant pub, one of the best. And walking distance from Rob's house, so we we met there three or four times, and we just sat there all all day. And but I had a I had an outline, but I what I wanted to do. And this is what I remember is I wanted to go hole by hole with him on how the holes developed and what the construction process was. And that was kind of the first thing. And then also, you know, how did, you know, the, 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 the sort of preliminary stuff about how did this come about? How did you get involved with the Thomases? Um, so there was kind of that. And then once construction started, it was, you know, we had another day where we talked about what happened during construction and, you know, what were the hurdles and then on to, you know, the the challenges of keeping the place open. So I guess I did have a, I had a basic outline, but I just talked to him about everything. I mean, I've got a phone book stack of, you know, stuff I transcribed from talking to Rob and, um, you know, it's, I just didn't, you know, it's, writing a book is hard and I, you know, I didn't. I didn't know what I was getting into, to be quite honest. And it was when I first came back from that first interview, I'm like, how in the world am I going to, I mean, we talked for six hours. How am, how am I going to, and we're just waiting. We, we hadn't even scratched the surface. So right. at first you're just like, okay, this is just no way I can do this. But then you start digging into it and you're like, okay, I've got to, I've got to have a theme and kind of a thread that goes through the book. Um, and that's kind of the hardest thing is to keep that thread going from the start to the finish. Even though you get off on a tangent about a lot of different things, you have to sort of keep a an underlying thread through everything. So I don't know if that answers it exactly, but it just, yeah. um, you know, it, it just kind of, that was just kind of the way I did it. And of course he was great. And we talked hundreds of times on the phone outside of those meetings. I mean, I can couldn't even t tell you how many times we we talked. And I'd call him at night when I was working on a part of it. And I'm like, Rob, is this really what happened? And he'd be like, Yeah. We'd go back over stuff. And so, it, but but again, that that was completely different than when Revelation comes because it was all of that was just coming straight out of my own experience and things that happened to me. Whereas, whereas this book was like, okay, I'm, I am trying to understand what happened with all these other people. So anyway. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And we'll, so we'll, we'll come back to Sweetens in a sec um, or a few minutes, I should say. And I want to ask some fun things about the course and uh, you know, what's uh, tournaments and all that, all that good stuff. But uh, you kind of mentioned it, right. And, and when revelation comes a um, uh, completely different book, Right. I mean, written for completely different purposes. Um, so you'll share with, you know, what you want to share about that. I guess as we start to talk about it, though, um, you know, why Scotland? Uh, what what was such the interest, right? I mean, that, so there there had to be more there. And you again, you talk a lot about it in the book, I guess. But just to hear it, you know, hear, hear it come from you. Well, um I just became fascinated at a young age with, with Lynx golf. I mean, I just literally, I remember, I remember watching part of the 75 open at Carnoustie, just a little bit of it. I was very young, but my dad, it was my dad's favorite tournament. And, you know, back then you would, 
it was on ABC and they would only show the last, I mean, at, at best they would come on when the leaders were on 12 or 13. I mean, it was like a, the last six or seven holes. And, well, and not, just, not much is different other than the ABC part these days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the, 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 honestly, honestly, I'll be honest. The, co- the coverage has gotten worse. I mean, you know, I'm not going to get off on a tangent, but I mean, I tried to watch the open. I did watch the open today. I get up at one thirty to watch this on Peacock, which I've paid for. Yep. I mean, I literally get up at one thirty. I, I I click this thing and have it on my TV, my phone. It was like transmitting to my TV, and I'm a minute into it, and they start showing three minutes of commercials, yep. and I'm like, "What in the name of God is going on here? I have paid for this stuff, and they're showing me." Three minutes of commercial, five minutes. So anyway, I, I'm not sure that we've progressed, Cal. I, we might have been better off when they showed. They just showed the last seven holes, and they actually showed what was going on. So oh, you, you actually you have know, to watch a golf shot. Yeah. So, but yeah, I just I I got obsessed. I just for whatever reason, I the next year I think it was '76 uh, was Johnny Miller and Seve at uh, that was Burkdale. And I remember watching that. I remember Seve particular. He was like 17 years old. And I remember he hit the shot on the last hole. And I just remember my dad saying, that is just incredible, the shot he just hit. And it just, there's something that, and then the next year was uh, when Nicholas and Watson were at Turnberry. And that's when I just got hooked on it. And so we started talking about when I was pretty young, and I was a golf, well, I started playing golf when I was, I can't even remember when I started playing golf. And, um, but we said, we're, my dad said, we're going to go over there someday. And we kind of, you know, I was young. I went to college, but we, it was always kind of on the back burner. We'd always, every year when the open came on, we talked about it and I'd call him. And, uh, and then when I, he said, when I, when I got out of college, he said, I just want to go over there. Uh, I want to play the old course in Carnoustie. And he said, you plan the entire trip. We can play wherever you want. That I just want to play those two places. And I was probably well, I was twenty five, twenty six years old, and I, I and I loved that part of it, planning it. And I just read to the Links Land by Michael Bamberger, and which really focuses on a lot of a place like Macrohanish, which I'd never heard of. And I told my dad, I said, "Look, we're going to go to Macrohanish." We're going to go there for a week. We're going to go to these other places. And he's like, fine, whatever you want to do. And I just, I got hooked on it. And we went, we went on several trips and uh, together. And then there was a little bit of a gap when the economy, as y'all know, got horrible. And, yep. but then I, I, I went, I started going again and you know, taking my, one of my sons. And I've been by myself a lot. I, this will be my, I think my 14th trip, I'm going back and I'm actually going back in about three weeks wow. to do some oh, more nice. stuff for the book. Um, I'm going to play in a couple of opens over there and, and talk about the book. And uh, so anyway, it just, it just became something I loved it. And uh, you know, you talk about how sweet and to spoiled you from golf in the U S which it, it does a hundred percent. But when you go to Scotland and come back home, you're just for like a week. You're just like I, I can't play golf in here anymore. It, uh, what you know, it's just not. I'm spoiled from you know, this is this is not the way golf is here. And 
so I just I just fell in love with it, and um, I'd always intended to write a book um, about it. I really had, even from years ago, and I kept notes and stuff. And uh, but then it wound up taking a little bit different, obviously, you know, turn yeah. with it. But I, I still, the one thing I am proud, so proud about the book is it's obviously a terrible story, and there's no way around it, but. I also wanted it to be a love letter to Scotland and Scottish golf. And I've had just as many people. I mean, I've tried to answer some emails today where people have emailed me and said, Jim, I just read your book. Please help. Can you help me plan a trip to go to these same places? I mean, I get the, I get three or to five of those a week. So it's, I, I'm glad that it's, it's, it's had that multiple. It's for parents. It's for, people just thinking about life but it's also about you know scottish golf and so it, it you know it, it tries to do a lot of things and i i hope it threads the needle for that pretty well so yeah i i think it does i think for me it was uh you know there's a there's a generational um uh story that's told in there right over over multiple generations in one family uh i'm from a small town in tennessee you're from a small town that may or may not be named after you in in alabama right and and i mean you know things like that still do mean something in you know d- d- no matter where you're from and and i think it you know i i think it really does do a great you do a great job of kind of telling that that generational story on how the love for a, a place and people kind of came along so yeah it's uh the, the other thing i found interesting about it um is so you mentioned two golf courses your dad wanted to play and and everybody's heard of those golf courses um you talk about two golf courses i've never heard of uh, i've never played golf in scotland i've played in ireland but not scotland yet uh but two that you mentioned i guess the first two uh dunaverty and macrahanish never heard of either of those golf courses but in looking at some of the pictures and where they are it's kind of one of those you know holy shit moments and yeah. it's like okay i gotta get on the list what kind of drove you to uh those those out of the way or you know the the the, the not mainstream locations well a hundred percent um it was it was to the links land by michael bamberger and okay. then um i had read that book before our first trip and i actually called michael he, he worked for the philadelphia inquirer and this was back, Cal, before you could Google stuff. And I, I don't even remember how I got, I got the number. I got the number for the Philadelphia Inquirer, called up there to the sports department. He got on the phone and I talked to him. I told him I was planning this trip with my dad. And I was like, I read your book. He was so nice to me. And uh, I said, you know, I really want to go to Macrohannis. And he was just very helpful. And I wanted to go to Cruden Bay, which is another place in his book. And uh, so that's kind of how it developed. But the funny thing is, we went the first part of that trip. We went to St. Andrews and Carnoustie and did what my dad wanted, and it was great. I looking, I, yep. I I tell people, you got to go and play the old and Carnoustie and Muir, all that stuff. I mean, it's got to be done. It's not. It's not even really a question. But once you've done that, you can start to go to some of these other places. And, and there was another book that I found when we were in St. Andrews. It's called Hell's Golfer, and I won't belabor it too much. Uh, I've just recorded a podcast on it with uh, 
or the our literary the book podcast that I've got with Stephen Proctor. That's which, the Duffers the Literary, Duffer's literary Companion. Com- yeah, yeah. So our first we've we've done three episodes, but our first sort of single book episode is about Hell's Golfer. But anyway, this guy who's a Scottish native go hit the whole thesis of his book is going to these off the beaten path places like Denaverty and Macrahanish and Caradale. And so I just, that just kind of reinforced what I had. I, I, I loved his book and we went, we wound up going to Macrahanish for a week. Uh, we loved it. I, it's in the book, but I, there's a gentleman, I'd never heard, heard of Denaverty and this guy where we were staying said, Jim, I, I can remember this like it was yesterday. We, I had, I was, you know, when you're young, you'll play golf until you just literally fall into the bed. I mean, you'll, you know, because sure. it never gets dark over there, and you know, you just keep playing until you can't walk anymore. And uh, but I remember this. I played this morning, and, the, and this guy where we were staying, he said, "What are you going to do this afternoon, Jim?" I said, "Well, I'm just going to go back out and play to Navarre. I mean, Macrahanish again. I've already, you know, that's why. Why would I do anything different?" He said, well, you just, why don't you go play this little course called Denaverty? It's about 20 minutes from here. I think you and your dad would like it. And I'm like, okay. So I, I met my dad and he was already in the clubhouse eating lunch. And I said, we're going to go over to this Denaverty play. So anyway, I'd never heard of it. And it's not even mentioned in Bamberger's book. And we went down there and we just fell in love with this place. And I, it's just, I ever since, every time I've gone back, I've gone there in, in Macrahanish. And Cal, quite honestly, you know, the people that I've sent there over the years, I can't think of one that has told me this was not worth it. I mean, I can't think of one that didn't say this is the greatest thing I've ever done. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, it just, it was just kind of happenstance that this gentleman told me to go to this place. And, uh, you know, and, and so every time I've gone, over the years, I go back there. I, whatever trip I've taken, whether I go way up north or south or wherever, I still make a few days to go there. And I joined Macrahanish back then. I was a member there for 15 years. And I then I became a member of Denaverty, which I have been for six, six, six or seven years now. And I, I love going over there and playing and their, their competitions and stuff. It's just fun. And I don't know. It's just, I don't know why a certain place becomes something that resonates with you, but that part of the world, I just, whenever I go there, I just feel like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. And, you know, I'd live there if I could, I've said this for years, but it just, if there was a way to figure it out, I'd, I'd do it. Well, it's early. Don't, uh, don't, don't give up yet. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, so similarities wise, I mean, when you, when you're over there, I mean, is there anything? Because you you've been in Alabama all your life, right? Born born and raised in your hometown. Yep, I was. Yeah. Well, I was born in Birmingham and moved up here when we when I was in high school. But I did. I've lived. I lived in Mississippi for a couple of years. But other than that, I yes. Uh, yeah, what, I lived in what, Alabama. Yes. Any similarities you find between Alabama and, and the places in Scotland? I mean, is there an attraction there that that, yes. that you kind of resonates? Yes. Yeah. I do. I do see a. I do see a connection. You're the first person to have asked me this, which I, is interesting. I think the people in the South 
even though we are maligned and in certain ways there is a it's very similar to the way that the people in scotland are they're they're just kind of open and friendly and they just want to help people and they really for the most part don't really care about a bunch of other stuff other than okay if somebody needs help or if somebody's driven up on my street and they're like you know, where should I go eat tonight? Or can you help me find a place to go do this or that? I mean, it's just, they're very similar in the way that they treat people. And that just, that kind of stuck with me. And it you can see it throughout my book. I mean, I just, uh, there's so many people that went out of their way to help me on that trip. And um, it is, it's, it's, it's funny that you say that because it, I think it's very, very similar, and I think it's really because, and this is just me talking, I'm not a sociologist, but, you know, most of the people from the South are from Scotland and Ireland, honestly, yeah. I mean, that's that's where they're from originally, and I just think there's something in that openness and just willingness to help people and friendliness that, um, yes, it's it's very similar. Yeah. 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 I mean, in in the book, uh, when Revelation comes, Jim. I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of uh, there's a lot of names mentioned first and last, and you know, not dissimilar to the Secret Home of Golf. Uh, there's some repetition there, and and you can clearly see that um, you know relationships are very, or I guess you can read relationships are extremely important to you, and you know throughout those uh, your interactions. I mean, it looks like relationships are easily developed. So, I mean, there's a lot of things, you know, yeah, you can look at it and say, hey, these are books about golf. I mean, I, I think there's there's an undertone to both books and kind of what you're accomplishing, right? I mean, it's I don't look at this as either as it's a sports book as much as it's, uh, you, I mean, it's, it, it, it's a life book, right? It's I mean, a book about life. That's what it yeah. is. And uh, golf is kind of the underlying framework of it. And golf honestly has been the framework of my entire life i mean sure you know my grand both my grandfathers played and you know i mean i can't even remember when i didn't play golf i mean when we we went on holidays and vacations we we'd go and there was always a few days where we'd go all play golf and it's just something we've always done and it's just we've always talked about it and so that's one of the things i love about golf is it does and people that don't underplay it or that don't love it won't understand this, but it, it sort of does provide kind of a, it can provide kind of a framework of how you, how you do things. And I've spent so many times, so many days at golf courses and, you know, having lunch at a clubhouse or going to a place just to look at it. I mean, I love it. And, um, you know, it's just something that our family you know, for my dad and my uncle were there. Literally, they're both still alive. They're they're in their eighties now, but they still play. And they literally they are golf nuts. And, and you know, um, and that's just. And I've I try I've tried to pass that on to my boys, and you know, now I have a little grandson that's two, and I'm trying to. I want him to pick up on it. I mean, I think people. You know, golf is in a reasonably good place now because of, you know COVID kind of made everybody realize that uh, okay, this is something I can do and have a good time, and I I just it's not going to be 
it's something that that's not going to be prohibited and it just it's kind of exploded and um but i think we all have a little bit of a i don't know if the uh, that we have to that we have some responsibility to try to keep this pass this game on to people that's the way i feel about it and so i've, I've tried to do that um, yeah let, let me ask a couple more questions about when revelation comes and then uh, i know we uh we, we got to be uh got to get you out of here soon but uh, i got some fun stuff i want to chat about so okay. you mentioned um Michael Bamberger and and his book that kind of that kind of led you to some of the golf courses in Scotland. I think he has the foreword in when Revelation comes, and I think Wright Thompson gives an afterword uh, for or in when Revelation comes. And I've heard you talk about these guys a bit. Uh, what, what have you learned from those guys, uh, or, or what have they learned from you? Well. These are two of my favorite writers, and it's just uh, again, this is something I can't even, I couldn't even imagine, you know, ten years ago. But um, you know, I wrote a story for the Golfers Journal that was kind of, I would say, it's kind of the condensed version of this book. And um, when I wrote it, you know, I wasn't sure I wanted to do it. I'd already started writing this book. I'd written three or four or five chapters. I can't remember. And I'd already written one story for Golfer's Journal, which is a great, just a great, probably the best book out there. Um, but they, they, the editor called me and said, do you want to write something about what happened? He said, it's up to you. And I said, I don't know. I've already, I've written, I've started writing this book. I, mean, I think I want to focus on that. But then I, I just, it's funny, Cal, I, I, this I've told this a bunch, but it's still worth telling. Um, he called me on like a Thursday or Friday, and I got up on a Saturday morning, and I just wrote this story straight out. Like I spent my whole day in the office where I am now, and I just literally wrote it without even stopping. And I, I sent it to them the next day, and I said, okay, I think I want to do it, and this is what I've written. And they immediately, the the editor immediately said, well, this is, this is great. You know, this is, and they didn't hardly change a word of it. So it just, I think that gave me the, it's, you know, I didn't know if I wanted to do it, but the reaction I got to that story being out sort of gave me the energy, I guess, for lack of a better word, to keep going on the book. And I, I need to finish this book. People are interested in this. They like this story, or they they want to they want more of this story. Um, so I took that. It wound up being kind of a outline, you know, and I and so it's been great. I just uh, it kind of gave me the 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 sort of the roadmap to to finish the rest of the book. So, um, yeah. All right, so uh, so let's go to let's go to Sweetens. Let me let me take you back there. All right. Um, I I've heard you on course a few times. Mentioned a few a uh, few unique things about Sweetens Cove, uh, both both positive and uh, maybe constructive. I hope my language was okay. Oh boy. 
Oh, around me, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was not offended. I don't uh, think that. I don't think there's a. I think you can say whatever you want at Sweetens Cove, quite quite honestly. <laughs> oh, I, I don't. I, I, the, the, probably the only person I've offended there was Madamski, and that was on purpose. So, yeah. uh, and I had to try really hard. Um, so, favorite hole on the course. Number five. Um, uh, okay. I love that hole. I think it's one of the best holes in the United States. Um, everything about it is great. I mean, you can sit there, and I, I can't hit it as far as I used to, but if the wind's behind a little bit, I can still try to hammer a driver up there. Um you know, I used to play with Patrick a lot, and he, he was hilarious. I mean, every time you'd play with him, he would pull out a five iron on that tee, and he's like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm hitting a five iron. He said, that's the shot. And he would hit a five iron up there, you know, the tree on the left. He'd hit a five iron out yep. there yep. and just pass that tree, and then he'd hit something up on the green, which I is fine with me. I just, I've always loved the sort of, death or destruction part of it where you know you you hit it up there and if it if it goes in the the, the bunker on the left you're kind of dead and the one on the right occasionally you can you can get a shot you can manufacture a shot i've hit some good shots out of that one honestly uh but i just love the kind of it's like a three point three and a half bar hole but um Everything about it, the contours, it just sits in the, it's just a perfect little golf hole. I, I've told Rob this a hundred times and um, I just love it. I, um, you know, I've, I've eagled it, I've birdied it, I've made a 10. I, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just fun. It's, it's a fun match play hole. Sure. I mean, you know, Sweetens is a, Look, I, I'm a big match play person, and Sweetens is, is a great, great, great match play course. It's probably, honestly, to me, it's that's what you should play more or less, in my opinion, is, is match play. Yep. But uh, anyway, to totally agree. So there's, yeah. um, so there's give or take. I don't know. There's 40 golf courses that you mentioned in uh, maybe more than that, but there's 40 specific if you look at jhartzelgolf.com. Uh, in the uh, blog you wrote, it's been a couple years ago, but when Revelation comes, and um, out of those forty or what you've played in Scotland, what what's the most similar? What what sweetens the most similar to out of those courses, if if any that kind of. Oh, this is a, this is a good question. Um, probably, probably Corey. On Isle of Aaron, I mean it. When I was over, I was over there back in April with uh, Ron Carter from No Laying Up, and yeah. they're making a uh, they're making a film about my book, and so we went over to play places that are in the book and meet some of the people, and um, we were at Corey, and he was Tron was like, I cannot believe this place, Jim. I just this is just not even realistic. I'm like, no. It's not. And I think he even said it reminds me of Sweetens a little bit. And it's a nine-hole course. And it's just got these shots that you have to play off the side of mounds. And that's the one that um, probably jumps out to me the most, Cal. Yeah. Yeah. Have you played at Bandon? Have you been out there? I have never been there. No. 
Okay. I've always, and I look, I, I think it's great. I, I just, my theory has always been, well, I can get to Scotland for the same price. And, uh, but look, I, it looks brilliant. I, I need to go sometime. I've, I've just, I just, you know, people always not criticize me, but they're like, well, you, all you ever talk about is Scotland. I'm like, well, this is what I love. I mean, I've been to England and played. I've, I've been to Ireland and played. I've not been to Wales, but I just, your life is kind of short and I just feel like, okay, I'm going to focus on this one thing and try to be an expert on it. And that's what I've tried to do. And, um, you know, I'd love to go to, I'd love to go to Australia. I'd love to go to Wales. I'd love to go to Japan. I just, but I just, I look at these trips and I look at what you have to do. They're not easy to do. And I'm just like, okay, if I'm going to, do this this year i'm gonna go to scotland i'm gonna i'm gonna go to some places i've never been i always try to uh, there's a, there's a few places i always go but i always try to add one or two more i think scotland has 520 golf courses wow. and it's and it's the size of the state of carolina and i've south carolina and i've played i this won't be exact but i've played like 120 of them and i've been I've been. I'm a nut about it. So you're not even close. No, I'm not you're even, even close. close to finishing those things. No, no, I'm not even close. So I just my my thing is when people on Twitter say, "Well, Jim, why don't you come to the England or Wales or come back to Ireland?" I'm like, "No, I love those places, but I I just with the time I've got, I want to. This is what I want to focus on. So that's that's kind of the way I am." Yeah. So what's the, the atmosphere over there like? And I, I've heard you talk about this, so it is, it, it's a bit of a loaded question, but it's, it's loaded in the right direction. Um, so, you know, allegedly, Sweetens doesn't have members, allegedly. And, and, then, and they sell these all-day passes. Uh, however, I, I've said it earlier, there is definitely this uh, familial environment that, that just kind of organically occurs at Sweet. I mean, maybe it doesn't for everybody. But for a lot of people that I've met there, there there is an attraction that that you kind of find to you know folks that are uh, you might walk in the shed and you know there stands Paul not playing a lick of golf and then next thing you know you and Paul are there three hours later still still talking about whatever you're talking about right probably so, about Tennessee football it, it, it guess. could be it yeah. could be yeah. um, what's the what, what's your spin on kind of then you mentioned the state of golf earlier. And, you know, I think that the uniqueness of Sweden's and the, the lack of that country club environment, and I, I think that's probably a lot of what you're getting over in, in Scotland. I mean, is that an attraction? Is that a, is that a valid statement? Somewhat? It is. I mean, a lot of these places that I love, like Denaverty and, and um, Caradale and Durness and Isle of Harris, they're a lot like Sweden's. I mean, it's just... It's just a club of small, you know, and they just want to have a good time and they're not really, they don't really care about anything beyond that. And so it is, it is very similar. And I, and it goes back to what we said at the start of this. I mean, I had, when I, when I first found Sweetens, um, I was really, and I'm a golf lunatic. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in a office here that I've got a thousand golf clubs in here, but I had gotten to where I'm like, I'm not, I don't enjoy going to, and I don't want this to rub people the wrong way, but I don't enjoy going to Ross Bridge and playing a six-hour round. Or I just, 
it's just not what I like. I've just I've seen the other side of it, and Sweden's kind of brought that back. Um, you know, all those early years playing me and Jake or me and Jordan or all three of my boys out there playing with nobody there and just playing golf like all day. And there may be a couple of other people that showed sure. up, but yeah, it just, you know, it reminded me of a lot of the places I've been in Scotland, like during the week, you go to Caradell or to Navity, and you're going to be the only person on the course. Um, and you just do have it to yourself. And it's just, there's something about that that is, it's way different than going to some resort or some Robert Trent yeah. Jones. And there's no, listen, and listen, yeah. there's nothing wrong with the, I, look, I, I love golf. I, I never judge people for how they enjoy golf. I just, I'm just saying what I like. Yeah, sure. And I, and I like that. I like that style more than more of the, you know, paying $500 and, you know, whatever style yeah. of golf. So, yeah, you know. no, I, I got you. No, it's, it's, yeah. it's all fair. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I don't think I'm not taking it that way. Dan's not taking it that way. And, and at the end of the day, it's your time and it's your money. You get to go and enjoy and do, you know, do what you like to do and where you like to do it at. But I'm with you. I mean, it's, it's different, right? There's a different experience. If I go to Pinehurst and see the guys up there, I mean, it's a, you know, it's, it's a different experience than when I go to uh, go to Myrtle beach and play. Right. I mean, it's, Pinehurst is great, man. I love Pinehurst. Pinehurst. Pinehurst is like the it's like the closest thing to a golf uh, a town a golf town in the U.S. like like you have it in Scotland like North Berwick or Gullen or St. Andrews. I mean Pinehurst is lit, it's literally the only thing that's even close to it. And it's really good. I mean I love it. Um, so I don't have I, look I'm, I'm like I say I mean I'm a I wish that we had more of this kind of golf. We we don't. Um, you know, and unfortunately it, 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 it disappears more and more, you know, people sell off golf courses to build, you know, multifamily yep, subdivision. So, yeah. And that's, and it just happens all the time now. And, uh, even in North Alabama where I've lived most of my life, a lot of the places we went, um, which I'm very partial to these sort of country golf courses, they're gone now, and I've, I've said this sure. a bunch. But um, so I'm, you know, I don't think that will ever change in Scotland because they look at things a little bit different than we do. Uh, it's not all driven by, okay, I'm gonna, I could put a thousand unit um, multifamily complex here. It's right. not, it's, it's just not driven that way. But um, I'm definitely. There's no doubt that I'm on the side of the way that they that they view things and the way that their golf courses are community oriented. Um, which Sweetens has that same feel um, to me, and that's that's what originally kind of attracted me to it, honestly. Yeah. So when you're getting messages, that we'll, we'll wrap up shortly. I've got uh, I got a question, and then you can uh, you can drop some stuff on us. And then Dan, he always likes to rapid fire people at the end, try to catch okay. them off guard. So, <laughs> no worries. So, yeah. I'm uh, good. So you, you said you get multiple emails a week or requests of people asking you for, uh, hey, can you help me plan a trip to Scotland? Yeah, all the time, every day. What generally do those responses look like, and it, and it and do they do you have it down enough that you could in 
I don't know, 30 seconds, you could rattle off. You need to fly into here. You need to go here, here, and here. And here's two restaurants you can't miss. Oh, I've got it all in my head. But, you know, it just depends. It's funny because some people, like, they'll, like I got one today, and the guy said, well, Tim, I just read your book, and it's great. I loved it. But we're going to be, we're going to go and we're going to be in the East Lothian for a week and a half. What's your recommendation? And so it, that's the way it normally okay. takes. I mean, it's normally like people will say, well, and then, then there are people that say, hey, I'm going with my brother or my dad or my friends, and we want to do a West Coast trip like you've done. So it really takes, and then there are people that say, well, we want to go to the Highlands. I, I mean, I've done all of it. So, I mean, I've done, I don't even know how many itineraries. I just, I love, I mean, Cal, this is the way I feel about it. If people have taken the time to buy my book and read it and send me a message, then I'm going to try to help them. And I I, I get behind on these things because there's so many of them, but I, I, I've done hundreds of these itineraries for people and it really just depends a lot of times people say i'm on i'm going to st andrews i'm going to be there for a week that's where we're staying what should i do outside of st andrews and i'll say well you need to go to anstruther you need to go to ely you should go eat here i mean yeah i mean i i do that all the time and i'm I'm happy to do it um you know it it just it just depends. I mean, and again, a lot of people say, "Well, I want to go to the Western Islands. Tell me what to do." I, I sent a guy an email today. He said, "I I just I read your book, and I just want to go to uh, I want to go to the islands." And I'm like, "Okay, this is what you should do." So it just it just people normally will like give me some. A lot of times they've already got a trip planned, but they want to add something to it. And, you know, I always tell people, and this this will be me repeating myself, but if you've got the ability to give yourself a little bit of flexibility and not, you know, give yourself a day that you don't have anything planned and you're just driving, and if you see a sign that says, you know, Isle of Sky Golf Course or Aberfoyle Golf Course, you know, do that and drive to one of these places and just play it because – what will happen is you'll be like, this is the most fun I've ever had in my life. You leave yourself a little bit of room for stuff to be discovered is what I always try to tell people. Nice. And so anyway, that's it's one of the things I whenever the, I get these emails and these messages, I always try to throw that in. Uh, perfect. Jim Hartzell, it's been fun. Don't go anywhere yet um, because what I heard is you should buy The Secret Home of Golf the story of Sweetens Cove. You should buy When Reve- when Revelation Comes. And how can people find you and how can people buy the book? Okay, they're both available on back9press.com, back9press.com. They're on Amazon, but buy, buy them from Back 9 Press, please. Uh, we don't, Amazon is a little bit different, but they are on Amazon. Um, I think they're on Barnes and Noble. They're in a few bookstores, and I've got them in several golf shops in Scotland, which won't mean a lot to people listening to this. But I'm I'm proud that we've got them in Presswick and Shishkin and Dunaverty, and you know that meant a lot to me. So you can get that there. Uh, 
My blog is jhartzelgolf.com. I just write on that whenever something comes up that I feel strongly about. Uh, I would I would send people to thelinksdiary.com, the links the linksdiary.com. They are just brilliant guys and I've I've written uh I've written something for every one of their 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 books and uh, they're kind of a Scottish version of Golfer's Journal. And I, I just I just had a story come out for them about Aurora, and I'm working on one that's coming out. Uh, I think in September, it is one of my favorite stories I've ever worked on. I've, I'll kind of reveal it here a little bit. I probably shouldn't, but um, it's about the 2009 Open at Turnberry, and I, I, it's really something that I've wanted to write about for a long time and in a lot of detail. So that's going to be in their next their next uh, book um, and Golfer's Journal, which is great and I love and uh, you know I, I encourage people to get. I've got two stories in Golfer's Journal, so you know I've 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 got a lot out there. You know, today's golfer and is is not you can get that at Barnes and Noble too, but um, that's kind of a UK magazine. But um, yeah, I mean I just I've been lucky that people have enjoyed my writing and um i love the interaction when people have read something that i've written i i I totally love it when they send me a email or a message and said hey i just read this what did you mean about this or should i go here or i I mean i love that so to me i never got into this cow to 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 really to make money i just i mean it's nice to get paid for stuff that you've done but i just um I love talking to people about this stuff and I welcome anybody that wants to contact me about it. And, uh, you know, it's funny how, when you do something you like and you do something you're passionate about, it just kind of works out, you know, it does, it does. And, you know, you just, uh, that's what you got to do. And you don't really think about the, the financial part of it. And then it kind of works out a little bit, but, um, I just, um, that's what I would, those are the places, um, I'm hoping to get another story in Golfer's Journal here soon. Um, that's my goal, and I'm 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 always sending stuff out to people, and I and I'm going to write another book. I just uh, I've got several ideas that I've scribbled down over the last few months, and uh, one of them is a totally fiction book, which I've never done, and people have told me is really hard to do, but I almost want to try that because people have told me how hard it is to do it um you know if i do that it'll be set in scotland and i've got a couple ideas about that um so i've I've got i'm going to write another one after this but i I do want to spend the next at least the next four months or so still promoting when revelation comes i i just it's just uh I mean, I spilled my guts in that one, and it's just uh, everything I've got. And I think the people that have read it have—it's uh, been a lot to them. So I'm going to keep pushing that one for a bit. And but then I, I, I do—I want to—I I really, I really want to try this—the the fiction stuff. And so we'll see if I can pull it off. So. All right, cool. Uh, Dan, hit him with some stuff. I, I got a couple after you get done, if you don't hit them. So. Yeah, no, uh, thanks for thanks for joining. Great stories. Great to hear you found this niche where, you know, your lifestyle and what you're, you know, driven to is 
aligned with uh, the type of lifestyle that you found in the golf course, you know, with these places. And it's very, very nice that you've done that. And thank you for sharing all that. So, uh, favorite club in the bag? Eight iron. Hmm. What are you looking, which, where are you looking to travel to next? Do you have a course in mind you're going to this year that you haven't been to before? Or? Yes. I'm going <laughs> to, I want to go to a place called Pofoot or Powfoot in Scotland. Um, it's in a southern part of Scotland, and I've, I've been there, but I've never made it to this particular course. I'm, that's one I'm trying to get to, yes. Okay. And then um, you're on the Birdies and Bourbon podcast. You've talked about Scotland a lot. Uh, do you have any whiskey knowledge tidbits that you could share with the, with us on that? Yeah, okay. yeah, I, I do. <laughs> uh, um, Scott, uh, whiskey, as they call it in Scotland, we call it scotch in America, which is not, they just call it whiskey. Right. Without an E. Um, <laughs> uh, Springbank, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant whiskey. Just just like, I mean, just brilliant. Um, we just kind of pour a little bit of it and just sit by the fire or watch TV, and it just, it's perfect. Um, awesome. Oban. Um, I love uh, Jura. Um, I mean, the whiskeys in Scotland are so. I mean, and there's the Isla whiskeys, which I've been to Isla two or three times, and there's just so much variety. And they're that you know they've got the Highlands and the Speysides, and um, they're, they 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 all have their own sort of characteristics. But I will say. Springbank for me, that was the one going back to the, that original trip in 94 uh, at the bar at Macrahanish they had a, you know how the bartenders have these things where there's like two or three bottles on a stand or something yep. and they're they're like the 10 and the 20 and the 30 or whatever it is mm-hmm. 10 and the 15 and the 20 and I just remember that was like, that was their whiskey and I just, I fell in love with it and it's just a beautiful I really encourage both of y'all. I know y'all are experts on this, but if you can find a bottle of Springbank, and I think you can find it in Georgia occasionally, uh, in Athens at uh, the Five Points Bottle Shop, they will have a, they will have the twelve year old sometimes, nice. uh, and that's where I've in the years that I can't. That's where I've gotten it. Um, but I, that, yeah, I mean it's it is a. And I'm probably getting a little bit too much into it, but it, there's so much craftsmanship that goes into this, the way this stuff is made. I have total respect for it. And um, when you drink it, you get so many different, it's almost like an experience to me. I mean, you get so many different sort of, okay, it, it almost takes you back to the place where you are, where you are. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, yeah. It, it, yeah. what makes sense to me is Scotland has left an impression on you that will never be removed, sir. Yeah. It, 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 and I mean, like, especially when you're describing the golf course and you've got the scotch and it's, it was, it was right. I mean, it, it, it's a, that's an imprint that you just can't take away. And again, I mean, it comes through in the book, right. And, and it comes through in, in reading what you're writing and there's nothing, 
passion for uh, for something, right, or some things. I mean, it's uh, it, it it serves a lot of people well, and and uh, I'm looking at Spring Bank right now and trying to figure out how to get a bottle. So. <laughs> well, if you Cal, if you go to the distiller, which I've, I've toured it several times, yeah, they make it the same way they've made it for 250 years, and it's just to me, I respect that i just you, you go in this grain this uh what do they call it the barley drying broom or whatever they're yep. they're 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 like raking this stuff around and it's these same two guys that have done it for 40 years and they have the same uh you know uh whatever they call the ovens or the i don't know the terminology but the stuff they've had for 200 years and they make it this they get the water from the same place and there's just such a level of like okay we this has to be perfect this is what we do and i I just respect that and i and it scotch is uh it's a beautiful drink and it's it's a drink that you could you know have a couple of of drams of it and it just takes you somewhere and so i'm I'm a huge i'm a huge fan i mean i I know y'all are mostly bourbon and so forth but uh this you know it that it just depends on the geography, Jim. Uh, we, 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 only when we're in uh, in the United States. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so I'll, I'll leave you with this. Unless you you may want to drop us drop something on us. Um, what tournament you plan at Sweetens? What what? Uh, so you said you're heading out in a month or so, right? How long are you going to be gone? I'm just this trip's just like ten or twelve days. I've got stuff to do for the book. Um, I'm going to play in two opens at Denaverty and Iona and give out some copies of the book and um, go to Pofoot, Palfoot. I should look this up. but uh, we, we got to figure out if it's Poe or Pal. I mean, it's, it's I think, depend I on the think, I think it's I think it's Palfoot, but I, okay. and I'm embarrassed because I normally have this figured out, but I'm going to go to there, there in a couple of places I've not been. Uh, but I'm gonna. Uh, that's it's a it's for, it's a shorter trip, and um, the no laying up uh, video stuff is supposed to be coming out shortly after that. So I've got some stuff to do for that. And um, but I I do want to play in the uh, the endeavor the the member guest, and that's my favorite tournament. Honestly, I uh, in you know October at Sweetens Cove. Is the best. That's the best month to play Sweetens Cove. I mean, it's not even a, it's not even an argument. I mean, it, October there is the perfect. It's perfect. It's uh, the the ground is generally dry and the ball rolls out and it's just, you know, it's sixty five. Well, you, you've seen my game. I could use all the help I can get. Sure. I mean, I, I'll, I'll take I, a little extra distance. I'm a ground. I like the. I like playing the ground, but it just. So I, I want to play that one. Um, Yep. I'd love to do that. I've played it a few times and it's a bunch of fun. And um, the course is just like literally in October, it's just perfect. Uh, and I think if you ask Rob, he'd tell you, I mean, look, October and early November, it's like the perfect time. And, and most courses are like that. I mean, they, you, you know, the, the, you know, you got times where, the, the, you know, the, the work, the weather's just, what it needs to be but yeah that's what i want to do that one and uh, 
that will probably be my last one for the year. But I, I do have these two on this trip. The Iona Open, which I'm writing a story about for Link's Diary, and then uh, one at Denaverty, which I'm going to play with my friend Robbie and uh, the Greenskeeper or the Greens uh, Committee Chairman at Denaverty, and we're going to play. It's a three man thing, and uh, so I, I like. You know, it's I'm not. I've, I've talked about this a lot, but I just. Uh, I like playing in tournaments. I'm not real huge on the score, but I do enjoy hitting shots under pressure. I just, it's fun to me. And I just, uh, so I do like playing in these things and trying to hit shots and helping a team and stuff. So, I, I saw I yeah. saw you hold the trophy up on the number two green. I know. Uh, I, I, I saw you. I saw the look on your face. I know exactly what was going through your. Well, I don't know. I could imagine what was going through your mind. How about that? I, I don't know. I just uh, <laughs> I hit. I was just striking the thing. I just I don't know. It was weird. I mean, I I played in so many things in Sweden's and that that those couple of days. I just whenever I I, I don't know, man. I'm a 15 handicap. I just but I was just hitting shot after shot for some reason which which is the great thing about golf i mean you know maybe the guy that wins the open this week you know is some like this guy that's leading it this no-name amateur guy uh by the way uh, he's a georgia tech student yeah he is he is yeah, yeah. Uh, and Stewart, who, who you got who you picking i'm gonna tell you what i'm gonna go with spieth or fleetwood um Speed to me, people write him off a lot, um, but he is a Lynx genius. I mean, when he, you see him out there, you could just watch him today, and he was, and he let it go a bit at the end. He should have been four under, but he he didn't. But I like Speed. I like Fleetwood. That's 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 the way I'm going. I I just think it's going to go that way. I don't. I think Rory is. As much as I like him and, and so forth, I mean, he's. I just don't think it's going to happen. He 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 played great last week. Yeah. I think it's going to be. I think it's. I think it's Spieth or Fleetwood or somebody like. Uh, who else was up there today? Let's see. Uh, so here's my pick, and I'm sticking yeah. with it. Uh, Dan may want to change his pick. Uh, I pick Brooks Kepka in our one and done. And I mean, Brooks is played pretty good he's got a pretty good track record on links courses and the open itself uh spent a lot of time on the european tour i know they don't necessarily play all links courses on the european tour but uh i mean he finished at one under today and no, he's right there no, he, the, he could win. The, the leader is five under i mean if he could hold it at one under and the weather today is pro i don't it's not going to get any better than what it was today. No, man. It, look, the weather was like the perfect. It'll go downhill from here. I mean, yes, it, they're, they're going to they're, they're be playing in sideways rain on Sunday or something. So it's going to be fun. I love it. I love this tournament. It's my favorite tournament. Um, I hope it gets bad, quite frankly. If it gets bad, I still like Spieth. I, I, I still kind of like Fleetwood. Uh, you know, Kepka is a great pick. I mean, he's a, he's he's like a he's he, you know, Kepka doesn't care about. Oh, the only thing he really cares about is the majors, and which is great. I mean, you know, so he he's he's focused in. He 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 got through today without a bunch of problems. I mean, I told a bunch of people on a text today. 
get through today at even par and you're you're good to go i mean you're yeah. you're fine i mean that's all it is really i mean you know because it's going to get bad and you don't know cal i mean like tomorrow the people that go off who knows what's going to happen i mean there could be a stretch of three or four hours where somebody just gets hammered by the rain and wet and wind and stuff yeah so it's such a great tournament just because of the variables and uh so I'm I'm with you on on that, but I I do I'm partial to Spieth. I just I always have been. I, I love the way he plays. Uh, he's such especially a, this kind of tournament, right? This I mean, kind of you tournament, be creative yeah, yeah. And you yeah, come yeah up, I mean, yeah. you're just pulling stuff out of your ass. Yeah. That's all. Like where would that come yeah. from? And he, yeah. and he was like that today. He he played yeah. really good. He just. Uh, like I said, he let he let a stroke or two go, but that that's fine. He he didn't kill himself. I mean, again, even par today, and you're you're right in the tournament. I do think, I do think if if you're beyond one or two over, oh, you're, you're probably you're probably in you're probably out. I mean, I, I don't think there's much way to get back. And, and unfortunately, I, and I don't I don't say that like I enjoy that. I just haven't watched golf my whole life. I just I know how these tournaments work it just you can't come back you know i mean just <laughs> yeah depending right. on the draw right i mean yeah. you've, got too, you've got too many good p- players ahead of you yeah that it just are you i mean they're gonna have to come way back for to to be able to catch up if you're more than if you're past even you're probably struggling to uh to outrun everybody else so dan who you going with who you got Sticking uh, with him? Well, I've got, I picked Cam Smith. He's at plus one. So, I mean, he's got a chance. I mean, like you guys said, you know, even plus one. He I mean, does. It's kind of on the, you know, on the downside there. But, yeah, I mean, I think uh, Spieth and Fleetwood are definitely good uh, good picks there. Wyndham Clark's at, like, minus three. It's a good pick there, too, right? He's been playing great golf. So Yeah. I told yeah. you about Brian Harmon, but you bucked me the other day. Look at him T3 or whatever he is. Well, I will uh, say this to y'all. I mean, I, I play a bunch of DraftKings stuff. Brian Harmon is like the ultimate DraftKings pick. That mm-hmm. guy just never – He's like money, man. He just never lets down. I mean, he's always, especially on a course like this, like where you you really need the ball to be in the fairway and you don't need to do a bunch of crazy stuff. He's like, he's great for that, yeah. man. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah. yeah. Well, we got to get you on the show for a uh, for a DraftKings show on a Monday. Uh, I'd love to do it. So, I'd, yeah. I'd, 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 I've given them too much of my money as it is, but I, I do. You know, it's fun to. It is really fun to have all these different kind of variables when you're watching a tournament. It just adds a level of. You don't have to. You don't have to spend a bunch of money on it. Yeah. You can spend a little bit, yeah. and you, it just kind of adds a yeah. element to it. So. Yep. it I, I'm with you. We all, yeah. all there. Uh, all right, Jim Hartzell. I know we got to let you go, buddy. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next time I see you. It'll probably be at Sweetens Cove. It could be at the Endeavor. I hope it is. I've got a very interesting guest that's going to be with me if they elect to. Sh- if they weren't joking. At uh, what was the last tournament I was at? I don't know. Uh, maybe it's a midsummer skirmish. I was there for that. And somebody said, uh, Oh, yeah, sure, I'd love to play with you. And I'm like, eh, Clearly, you hadn't seen me play, but maybe they, <laughs> maybe, maybe they're a drinker and, uh, you know, they know it'll be a good time. So I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Um, Jim. Well, man, anytime, seriously. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks so Cheers. much, buddy. We appreciate it. Looking forward to uh, doing it again. All right. Cheers. 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 Cheers.